following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 53. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Running a little bit behind today, Coach McCarthy ran a little late. Uh, so we're going to have Bucky Brooks on here in just a second to start talking Cowboys uh, versus uh, Denver. Uh, but before we do that, real quick, Dave, I wanted to hit up a, one topic that he did talk about. Tyron Smith, yeah. sounds like he's not going to practice. What, what are we talking about here? Sounds like he's probably not going to play. Yeah. Um, Mike said he was kind of pressed on it, and he said he'll, he'll be hard-pressed to play this week. For, for a head coach to say that on a Wednesday is kind of indicative. So, Bone Spurs... I'm interested to see where this goes because a lot of times guys have minor procedures to clear those things out of there, which, I mean, that's not a season ender, but that's something that... A few weeks, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's something... I'm, I'm not saying that's happening, but I'm just curious. Maybe this can get better with rest, but I've we'll have to see. I've been hearing that, but what exactly is that? Like, I know it has to do with a lot of pain and all that, but what exactly you, is I, it? You, you just... You always have a knack for asking me <laughs> something that I don't have the answer to. Uh, isn't it? I mean, it's just like a... Didn't it like a little splinter of bone that kind of comes off and just sort of nags at you? Shoot, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, that's doctor. what I. That's what I think. But I'm, I'm. I mean, that's when you hear the word spur. That's kind of what you think. Bony projections that develop along the edges of your bones. Yeah. I, just, so, I, mean, I actually have one mm-hmm. here, but I don't know what so started. It's like a growth of your bone that like oh. pokes at your body, yeah. basically. Yeah. I'm, if you're a doctor, so or, not necessi- I'm so I mean, sorry. obviously they would know more. Not necessarily one of those things that you just shoot something up your veins, or like your. <laughs> well, Arm, not your veins, your I mean, you arm could, and be yeah, like, veins, I don't know. No, not that one. That's not that stuff. <laughs> no. That's something else. You your, your arms veins. just to kind of give you that extra. I mean, you can take painkiller to probably lessen the impact of it, but it's just, not, yeah. it's not a, it's not something that probably heals, you know, like yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a strain. You, you got to go in and get it out at some point, but it's up to Tyron how long and how well he can play with it, which he is a tough MFer, so maybe he can go all season. We'll have to see. Doesn't sound like he's going to play Sunday. And um, Mike Mike does not want to elaborate on who might play left tackle, which I respect. I, I There's do, options. I love his options. I love his transparency about being a football coach. Like he's gonna lie to you, but he's sort of he's he up, tells you he's gonna he's upfront about it. He's yeah. like, I don't want to talk about that. I know you're gonna ask about it again this week, but this is the answer. We know we have a lot of options at left tackle. We'll explore them and. We don't want the Broncos to know about it. I'm like, okay, for some reason that just sits a lot better with me than somebody just sort of dancing around and acting like I'm stupid. You know, like yeah, if you lying wanna, to me and tell me you're not lying to me, yeah, is the problem, just right? lie, just lie to me and tell me you don't want to tell me. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Instead yeah. of trying to play games, so we'll see. I think all their options are on the table, but I'll be, I would be surprised if Tyron plays. Nick, how much of a problem you think this is if Tyron doesn't play? Um. I mean, it's a it's a big problem, but I mean, you got Lyell to. I mean, he. I mean, Lyell will probably play left tackle, I would imagine, and so you got Terrence Steele and Lyell Collins. I mean, it's a problem because Tyron is is huge 
you know, a great left tackle, but I mean, I mean, you've got as good of backup options as you could have at this point. Yeah, one of the interesting things I noticed yesterday, and you can say what you want about PFF. I think a lot of us are kind of like mixed. Mm. Sometimes it yeah. seems right, sometimes it doesn't. But the one thing you can say is the at least it's consistent because they're grading everybody the same way, right? And I saw a graphic yesterday that said that two of the Cowboys players are in the top three of all NFL yeah. players this season in PFF grades, that being Zach Martin mm-hmm. and Tyron Smith. Uh, they're two and three. And so this could be, even though you got some options of guys you can throw in there, I think one of the reasons why this team has been so good offensively, particularly uh, their ability to kind of morph, run when they need to, and also pass when they need to, is because those two guys have played at such a high level. And I don't know that Lyle is going to come back and immediately at a different position play at that level. So that could be something interesting, something to keep right. an eye on. I mean, you don't you don't get better not having Tyron Smith. Right. But I, to Nick's point, they're as well equipped to handle it as they maybe they ever have been. Just between, I mean, Ty and Secchi's played a lot of football. Lyle Collins, that speaks for itself. And I doubt they would move Steele, but he's played well. If they want to do that, they have that too. So that's three above average options whereas most years it's been an iffy option at best yep all right here's what he's like every time he gets like even a tiny little procedure he comes back he's like whoa this is this is the best i've ever felt like i'm feeling good and then something else that's what sucks man is it's not it's it's been the neck and the stingers that have really been his downfall most of this time and that hasn't been an issue but now he's got an ankle problem it's just i mean it sucks but this is year six where you can't rely on him to play a full season. It is what it is. And fact of the matter is, he's still so good when he's out there. Sure. Mm-hmm. You go into every, you should go into every season saying, hey, we might lose him for three, four, five games this year, and it's still worth it because he's still playing at such a high level. I ran into somebody at the airport on my way home from Minneapolis, and this, which great conversation, awesome talking to you if you happen to be listening. But he was like, "We gotta, we gotta get, we gotta move on from Tyron. Like this is too much." And I was like, "I disagree completely. Like if he's, if he can give you double digit games at the cost, because he's such a bargain, because he signed that deal so long ago, find a swing tackle and make it work. Like as long as he's playing like this, if I can get him out there for more than half the season, it's worth it to me." And the key is you got to have a good swing tackle. And it sounds yeah. like, it looks like right now that maybe they do. Maybe they do have some options. We're going to find out right now how it looks over on that left side. All right, here's what we need to do. We need to go ahead and jump into our conversation with Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. Bucky is on the line. We're talking Denver offense versus Cowboys defense. And, Bucky, where I want to start today is with the fact that this is a, a very nondescript offense. There aren't a lot of names and people that you just necessarily know I think nationally so let's start with you just kind of giving a a general overview of who or what is the greatest asset of this Denver offense you may not get me oh no he's pulling a Dave he's pulling a Dave (laughs) for Monday (laughs) all right Tell you what, we'll let that we'll let it get worked out, and uh, we'll, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. Go ahead and get the break in. We'll come back. Hopefully, have Bucky on, uh, and we'll start talking a little Cowboys versus Broncos. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors: the crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him; it projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. 
And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Download the official app of the Dallas Cowboys to access the in-market game broadcast, mobile tickets, daily podcasts, live pregame and postgame shows, game updates, and more. Download the app and or Google Play stores. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're still working on some technical issues uh, with Bucky Brooks. Hopefully we'll get him on here in a second. If we can't, we'll get him on tomorrow. We'll talk both offense and defense. But I did have some other topics I wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, Michael Parsons was named NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, and an interesting thing that that was noted yesterday uh, was the fact, and actually I should take this back, this this was noted actually in the pregame uh, by Christy Scales uh, in a report she was doing from the sideline at the games. Uh, but J. Ron Curse actually had the green dot on uh, on Sunday's game, in Sunday's game versus Minnesota. For those that don't know what that means, basically it just denotes who the person is that has the uh, that can hear from the sideline, that gets the play call, and then communicates that to the team that's on the field. Uh, my question for you guys is how much do you think that affected Michael Parsons and, and how great a game he had? He usually would be the guy doing that, take that responsibility from him. Do you think that that actually was a, by, was, a was a part of the reason why he had such a, a remarkable game? I think it's a small sample size. I'm not ready. I don't want to just jump completely off the deep end. But, yeah, I think that plays a factor. I think, um, I mean, what did Micah say the day he got here when he got drafted? See ball, get ball. Like, you're just reacting to what's happening and using your national athleticism. I said national. Natural athleticism to go get the ball. If you're calling the defense and trying to make sure everybody's where they're supposed to be, I gotta believe that at least slows you down a tick for a spe- as a rookie. I love that they trusted him enough to give him the mic, but I I did I thought that was kind of weird that it that they're asking a guy who's never been in the NFL before to call their defense. And it's not a knock on Micah, but that's a lot of responsibility and requires a lot of knowledge of the game. Um, 
so I I I I remember at training camp being like, this is really cool, but I think it's interesting if they want a rookie to do all of this on top of all of the position switching and everything the that they're asking. Yeah, play, yeah. I just so I think it makes a lot of sense. And in my head, yes, it it totally tracks that you can just play faster and think less if you're not responsible for ten other people. I mean, that makes sense when you put it that way, because initially when you ask the question, I'm thinking, well, how hard can that really be? Because all you're really doing is relaying a message. You're not teaching these guys anything. You're they're all pro players. You know, you're just kind of telling them where to be and that's it. So but then the way that Dave just explained it, I mean, I, I would imagine that it does take away some extra not worry, but you have to think more and be like, okay, you do this rather than just thinking on yourself and that's it. But at the same time, I just don't see it at the same time as something huge. So I would like to just give him credit just for it being week, whatever, what week eight was it? Or seven still. It was eight on Sunday. It was eight week eight and him just playing more. And the fact that the way that he played the previous game, and he said it after the game. He he was talking and he said how he just felt like he didn't do enough. You know, he he wanted to contribute more on the defense. And I think that it was just maybe his change of mentality, his focus during the week and wanting to go out there and just give more and contribute more in the defense. All right, let's uh we got Bucky Brooks on the line. Bucky, let's uh let's start first. I think you can hear us now. Can you hear us? Yeah, I got you. Awesome. Let's let's start first with the fact that this is a very nondescript offense uh, in, in Denver. Tell me, what do you think is the greatest? Uh, it can be a player or a just a thing that they do. What's the greatest asset that this Denver offense has? Uh, I think they're very balanced in how they want to play the game. Uh, Pat Shermer does a really good job of calling plays to put the ball in the hands of their playmakers. And when they have their, their complement or their full lineup, they can give you problems. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy are guys on the outside that can make things happen. In the backfield, uh, Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon can give you problems. And Tim Patrick is kind of like the X factor that kind of pops up and makes plays from time to time. The biggest thing has been there's been a disjointed approach where the first three games of the year look good. Some would say they were playing cupcakes, so it worked for them. The last handful of games, it hasn't been as consistent. But, I mean, on any given Sunday, they certainly can make plays. And so it's one that you have to be careful of. Uh, is there a tight end going to play this week? I know he's he's maybe in the COVID protocol. If that changes, what is he one of their best factors on uh, offense? I mean, look, it, it, Teddy Bridgewater, his best trace is that he's a distributor. He'll pass to the open guy. He'll get it to anybody. If Noah Fan is available, certainly he becomes a guy that uh, can hurt you. But I would say that Noah Fan hasn't been what we thought he would when he entered the league. He hasn't been necessarily the dominant player that we can see. But they have a lot of weapons on the outside. So I don't think this is one where the Cowboys can come in and kind of sleepwalk on their personnel and think that it's a gimme. They're going to have to line up and play because they're good enough to put points on the board if they put it all together. They just haven't put it together consistently to this point. And noticed, uh, I, rem- I I forgot about this because it was so long ago, but Jerry Judy got hurt in the season opener. He just came back. And I know, I mean, it's a small sample size for that as well, but how much different or explosive do you think this offense can be with him back in the lineup as opposed to what they've been the last six or seven weeks? 
Well, now it puts people back in their normal pecking order, right? Tim Patrick is a solid player, but he's not necessarily a number two wide receiver. Now he goes back to being a number three. You have Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton, who are your starters on the outside. And now probably has a little better flow and rhythm to it. Jerry Judy, when healthy, is an outstanding route runner, someone who can tie you up in knots and do some fantastic stuff on the perimeter. His rookie season, he has some issues with the drops. But make no mistake about it, this is a guy who understands how to get open, and he can work to get open. And also, the natural intel and knowledge that he has, having worked against Diggs day after day after day, certainly can make it a situation where he could have an advantage based upon what he knows about Diggs and what gave Diggs problems back when they were collegians. Bucky, uh, mine is a more general question, and I don't want to start getting cocky, but I do think that the Cowboys are pretty badasses right now, and I'm getting to the point where I don't necessarily care all that much who the opponent is, and I'm just like, okay, what <laughs> the Cowboys can now go out there with everything that we've seen, especially last week and the quarterback being out and Cooper Rush stepping in, but with all the challenges that they faced, I feel like right now how can a team beat us? How, like, what can they do that we haven't seen for them to be able to beat a team like the Cowboys right now? Well, I mean, the Cowboys have been really, really solid. I mean, they were solid last week uh, playing with a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush. I would say that the issues still will remain the same in terms of how you beat the Cowboys. One, can you run at them? Are the Cowboys good enough to stop the run consistently? We saw it last week, but can we see it week after week after week consistently that they stop the run? Two, when it comes to the way that the Cowboys play offense, what happens if they're able to stop the run and they're able to generate pressure on the quarterback, whoever that is? Dak Prescott, Cooper Rush. Now, if Cooper Rush has to play again, the thing will be which Cooper Rush is going to show up. Like, it's great that he played outstanding against the Minnesota Vikings, but is that really who Cooper Rush is? The difference between good and great in this league is being able to do it week after week after week. If he does get the start, can he play at the same level that he played at against the Minnesota Vikings? That would be the challenge. Let's talk a little bit about Trayvon Diggs. Uh, last week was the first game this season that he hasn't had an interception. My question for you is, as you assess his play, do you think he played pretty similar how he played the other weeks, just didn't get an interception, or do you think there was a bit of a drop-off this last week? No, nah, I mean, I think, look, the, the, the interceptions kind of come in buckets, right? You, you get a handful of them, then it disappears, then it comes back. Uh, he is a really good player. He's played really well. I would say the challenge last week was, he was dealing with two really, really good route runners in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. And I think they can make it tough for anybody. But the Cowboys played really well. Good pass defense. Didn't let the ball fly over the head. Kept everything in front. I think he just has to make sure that he doesn't fall asleep at the wheel. Sometimes when you're a guy who's got your hand on a ton of balls early in the year, you begin to take these gambles and guesses that sometimes can compromise yourself and integrity of the defense. He just has to stay patient and make the plays that he's expected to make and those other plays that come along. But right now, he's playing like the best corner in football. And so all the accolades that have gone his way deserve to go his way because he's been fantastic. You think Randy Gregory will be the best pass rusher, like even in the next three or four weeks when, when D-Law comes back? I mean, is, is he playing at a level that we haven't really seen here since uh, D-Ware? I mean, he's playing at an outstanding level. And I think the thing that makes Randy Gregory um, – a fantastic player is he takes athleticism and skills and combine it with a nonstop motor. It's one thing to be very talented and skilled and artistic when it comes to your hand movement and your rush moves. It's another thing to be an all-day sucker. He is a guy that plays hard from snap to whistle. And what happens is, I've talked about it, the energizers, 
him, Michael Parsons, and Trayvon Diggs, when they bring the effort and energy to the field, everyone has to bring it. Because when your best players play the hardest, there's no excuse for the guys who aren't necessarily the best players to play hard. And what you're seeing with Randy Gregory is he's a tempo setter, and then that makes a competitive guy like Michael Parsons wants to raise his game. And then Diggs and those guys look around and say, I want to get in on the party. And so as long as Gregory brings the energy like he's brought, the defense will play at a high level because they feed off of one another. And that is what we're seeing from the Cowboys' defense, a very competitive, high-energy, nonstop, relentless defense that is beginning to play at the level that we anticipated. I feel like this is just an anecdotal observation on my part from watching Teddy Bridgewater play over the years. But, but tell me if I'm right or wrong. Like I just feel like Teddy Bridgewater is not a quarterback that – can consistently beat you down the field for big plays like whether that's not playing well against pressure or not being able to extend plays that's just that's just kind of my read do you think that's correct and is that something that that I should see on Sunday it just doesn't seem like it happens for him very often I mean I think he's a product of his environment Teddy Bridgewater is a bit of a chameleon Meaning the better players that you put around him, the better he plays. If you put him with a level of sub, he's going to play at a subpar level. He doesn't necessarily change the way the team plays. He's going to play up to the players that are around him. That said, he's a winning quarterback. And when he's played on teams that had playoff caliber talent, he has won at a high level. He is the same guy that with New Orleans came in and won a bunch of games. And so with Jerry Judy coming back, Cortland Sutton coming back, his running backs in place, I just think everyone needs to be careful not to just sleep on the Denver Broncos and chalk this up as an easy win. They are good enough to win games, and they're good enough to be there, and Teddy Bridgewater can make enough plays to hurt the Cowboys if they're not playing their best. Okay, based on his success this past game, and we talked earlier about Micah Parsons, I mean, are you expecting them to utilize him the same way that they did this past weekend, or... Maybe with this opponent, they pin him down in a specific spot. I mean, I think the great thing about Michael Parsons is he can do whatever you want him to do. He's a fantastic athlete and an even better player. And by alleviating some of the responsibilities on him, by not letting him be the play caller, you're now allowing him to be fast and free. I think what Dan Quinn does is make week-by-week adjustments to how they want to play Michael Parsons. I think this is a week where you can see him do a little bit of everything, rush the passer, play off the ball, make plays against the run. Um, I think he's a Swiss Army nice on the front seven that they'll utilize to create chaos and havoc. And so I anticipate him seeing him move around a bunch so he can have some opportunities to go get the ball and make some plays. All right, Bucky, thanks for the time today. We uh, will have you back tomorrow. Talk a little bit of Denver defense versus Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break, come back. I got a couple questions here before we finish the show. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek, and we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf, the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. <laughs> well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. 
Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Well, in just a second before I agree. I, I know it's something about Christmas because Christmas time is here. So I was going to. Maybe it's, maybe it's the Christmas special that we do out here on the. I love seeing your plaza. face every time Nick is not ready to, with the reason. What is the look on my face? You're just like, seriously, dude. Just, even even though you did try to show me something and it, it <laughs> right, took out I my did. concentration. I, I, I took your focus. All right. Christmas celebration at the Star. There we go. I mean, it is it is next month now. Uh, powered by Reliant, the 20-minute show electrifies the Star in Frisco with a powerful mix of game day music, excitement, Christmas cheer, every Friday and Saturday at 6 p.m., November 19th through December 18th. Admission and parking are free. For more information, visit thestardistrict.com. Poor Thanksgiving, man. No, it's a part of Thanksgiving. Like, that's why I try to, like, it's it's all one. Like, Christmas, Thanksgiving kind of goes together. As you sit over there in your bright red Christmas sweater, like. <laughs> this is not a, this is just red. No, he's wearing the red. red Christmas sweater. <laughs> he's got the okay. green. He's already ready for Christmas. And just, and yeah, he's got the green thing on. Like, yeah, everything about you says you Christmas. Know what? That. I, I fully support uh, – never mind. I didn't say anything. <laughs> never mind. I didn't say anything. Walk away slowly. Walk away slowly. All right. Uh, real quick, Nick, and we don't have much time in this final segment. I mean, it's pretty much already done. But let's – I do think I want to go back to, to – uh, we were talking about the whole thing with Curse and, mm-hmm. and Michael Parsons and who has the green dot and why. And you made an interesting point in the in the break. Tell, tell well, everybody what you were talking I th- about. I, saying, I think a lot of it has to do with Curse, too, more than just Micah because Curse is a guy that's been playing in just about every snap uh, – with Micah, now he did play a lot. I guess you said ninety in the ninety percent of the snaps, so that was pretty much the whole game. But I mean, he was in the range of sixty earlier, yeah. you know. And so, it, I think with with Curse, he's on, he's out there one hundred percent of the time, and and you know, there's a lot of continuity in where where he is. Um, with Micah, he's going to be all over the place. So I just think it's probably more about Curse out there than Micah. How, how surprised are you that Javon, uh, that Jaron Curse is out there 100% on of the, the time? Team? No, I'm saying, yeah, but I'm just yeah, saying, when you, look at, when you look at the depth chart at safety, Donald Wilson is back. He's yeah. playing, but for, but, but, you know, and obviously they'll run some packages who have three safeties on the, t- on the field. 
But how surprising is that, that that this guy is a guy that is now so entrenched in your defense that he does not come off the field? Yeah, I mean, the the surprise factor. I mean, we're we're, we're done with that. You know, it's kind of like, all right, we're. I didn't think he was going to be on the team at all, even in training camp. I kind of for, forgot about him until you saw him. And you're like, who's this basketball player? And yeah. then then he's out there, and he's like, and so now he's. Yeah, I'm still surprised. Everything he does is just seem is just surprising. Um, and he's. I mean, he's just having a heck of a season. None. He's he's the best safety I think that they have, because none of the other guys are. I mean, none of the other guys have a good dot. Which I mean, well, the funny God. thing uh, for all the and and credit to him for all the for all the praise we give Micah for wearing a bunch of hats. Like, I don't even think of Curse as a safety at this point. Yeah. To be honest with point. you, yeah. he's not. And that's it's unusual for a quote unquote safety to be wearing a dot. You don't see that often. But that's not really what Curse does. And I'm, I got the snaps pulled up here. Donovan Wilson played almost half the snaps in that game. And, and I mean, Demonte Casey's role was part of that as well. But like, Curse lives in the box. He plays big nickel. He plays big dime. He's in the slot lined up over the tight end. It's pretty rare for him to be back where you traditionally see a safety, which makes sense why he would wear the dot. He's up on the line where he can communicate with everybody and move things around if he needs to. Um, I mean, I, we it seem, we talk about him all the time. I, I rightfully so. I think he's one of the more impressive elements of this team so far this year, and I think it's really cool that they recognize that. And that's that was kind of I agree with Nick. Like I'm I'm not ready to just be like, yes, Micah will be this much better player because he's not wearing the dot. I don't know. It's it's cool, and we'll see how it works. But I do I think it's smart and cool that. They are entrusting a veteran player who does a little bit of everything to call the defense. Most, he seems like a guy that would know what he's talking and about. And most, the, most of the guys that are calling defenses are the middle linebacker or some kind of linebacker. And those those guys are probably got the most tackles as well. So I mean, I don't think it really affects them too much in the play. But I'm I'm just I'm thinking like so because of that and the rules, only one guy on the field. I mean, is that something that I guess one of the referees has to do every single play? Look for the dot. You're just looking for Make that. Sure there's not more than one. I mean, that was. I mean, you would think somebody has a responsibility. I mean, I could just see there's just like this page of little stickers that they got at Hobby Lobby or whatever, and they're like making sure that they put it in there. And so, like that, now the ref has to. <laughs> then what is what is yeah. what's the sponsor? Then is there a sponsor? No, <laughs> but okay. I, I get you. No, I, I don't know. The <laughs> official hobby store of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just you. Just know that somebody, some equipment ma- manager's job is like okay. Yeah. We need more dots. We need we need more. Dylan, it's Dylan's job. Shout out Dylan. Yeah, but this is also where I kind of think sometimes the NFL is just kind of creating stuff for them to do that they don't that doesn't really matter. Like, what's the big deal if they had every player that could hear from the sideline? Like, why does that really matter? You don't think it would be a big deal if every player on the defense but could if, talk to Quinn? If no, if everybody could do it, if both teams could do it. It's not a competitive advantage, so why is that such a big deal? I just don't think well, that would be such a big deal. For as Nick says, if it means right now you got a ref that, by the way, I want him focused on a lot of things on the field, then now he needs to find out where this freaking dot is. Like, is it really that big a deal? I don't know. I wasn't prepared to analyze every aspect <laughs> of that, but I also, I also don't think it's that hard to like. Identify the dot. Just look for the lime green dot. Yeah, honestly, what my you gotta find maybe there's two. That's my, what you're looking for to make sure there's not two. My my biggest takeaway from this whole thing, if you want me to be honest, is that I'm embarrassed and aggravated that I didn't notice during the game. Yeah, because we've got so much to look at, but it's right. 
it's right there that you can tell who is leading the huddle and kind of leaning in and talking to everybody. And you kind of take it for granted, so, though. Yeah. Once you know, once That's you get a, into the season, once you know who's been doing it, you kind of don't well, even yeah, think and about it. Really I mean, anymore. I'm over. I'm looking to see like, okay, Tyron's not. Tyron looks hurt. What's going on? What's Dak doing? What's yeah. what's you know? There's eighteen thousand things, and it just didn't dawn on me once to look and see who was calling the plays. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get into a little more talk on the Denver defense versus the Dallas offense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, and Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!